I love telling you about Steel Products. That's S-T-I-H-L. You can find a dealer near you at steeldealers.com. They have over 10,000 dealers around the country. Also go there because you're going to find products that are going to keep your house and your yard in tip-top shape. They have battery-powered, which is my preference. They have electric they have gasoline powered. So whether it's chainsaws or trimmers or blowers, they're going to help you get the job done. They're the official handheld outdoor power equipment of the Colorado Rockies. You can find the tool that is perfect for whatever your job is. In fact, you're going to find yourself trying to help out your neighbor because uh, all of their products are long lasting and they're top shelf. You can get chainsaws from you know smaller versions. I have a handsaw that's great. I've mentioned this uh, before. It's battery operated. You can take it when you go camping, or they have the big whoppers that'll take down you know half a forest. So go to steeldealers.com. Find the product that is most useful for you. You may buy more than one. I'm going to warn you. It's Steel Dealers. S T I H L. Steeldealers.com. Hey, everybody, who doesn't love a good cup of coffee? Well, I guess, you know what? Many years ago, I probably would have raised my hand and said, I'm not a coffee drinker, but, you know, the last 20 plus years, coffee drinker. And I drink Boyer's Coffee. Boyer's Coffee is locally owned and operated, it's fresh, they have numerous flavors and they make it really easy for you. I have it delivered right to my house. Nothing's easier than that, especially when it comes to coffee and you get it and you start your day with it. it it's just perfect. Boyerscoffee.com is how you can have it delivered to your home. You can go to the store. That's great as well. They're in every supermarket. But go to boyerscoffee.com. They have all kinds of specials on there. You have all the great flavors. They have other products as well. So go to boyerscoffee.com to go shopping for some of the finest coffee that you will drink. And you'll feel better about it because you know what? You're taking care of a member of the community, a long-standing uh, great member of the community. They are uh, not only community-minded, uh, but they've always been about the right things. And as I said, they've been brewing coffee in this region since 1965. And they have an advantage. Did you know that roasting at altitude in Denver is what makes Boyer's Coffee so good? They take advantage of the elevation. Boyer'sCoffee.com. Do as I do. Get some today. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, former Rocky shortstop, manager, and current Atlanta Braves bench coach, Walt Weiss, on the Rockies, the state of baseball, his current team, and of course, Larry Walker. I think Walk's the best player I ever played with. You know, and I played Canseco in his heyday, Ricky Henderson, Chipper Jones, you know, the, the, the pitchers down there in Atlanta, Mattis Glavin Smoltz, both sides of the ball, baseball IQ, running the bases. I would say he he was like Maddox in that he 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 saw the game at a different level. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman podcast. Even as a visiting player, I never forgot what it felt like to be in a ballpark surrounded by 85,000 people. The scenery of Denver nestled in the mountains reminded me of where I grew up in Maple Ridge. So as the 94 Expos team slowly dispersed, in some way it felt natural to find my way to another great team in the Colorado Rockies. I feel privileged that I'm here right now in Cooperstown representing the Rockies franchise and their fans. I've heard that story from Larry on a couple of occasions. The reason, among, among several, that he became a Colorado Rocky when he was a free agent after 
the 94 season, which was tremendously disappointing for the Montreal Expos. They were the best team by far in baseball, and then the the work stoppage happened, and unfortunately, they never got to see that season through. But he was blown away when he first came to Denver, not only by the fans, 80-plus thousand, uh, but by the aesthetics that reminded him of, of where he grew up in outside of Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. It's also, uh, you know, so Larry, I think, to be tremendously nervous at having to deliver that speech and have all the attention for, you know, at least 15 minutes just centered on you. But it was special. Um, it was awesome. It was great to see, you know, people adorned with Rockies paraphernalia and jerseys and, and hats at the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker deserves to be a Hall of Famer. And, you know, more so even than, than Jeter. I mean, you knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer for a number of years. This is important for Larry individually, but it's important for the Rockies organization and, and maybe most important for the region of baseball fans that call the Rocky Mountains home. Because whether you've done it over the water cooler with somebody who just moved here from L.A. or San Francisco or New York, or you're from somewhere else and you've debated on the phone with a buddy about, oh, yeah, well, all those numbers for Rockies are, are inflated because they play at Coors Field. It's important that there's finally a validation that, yes, the Rockies have had great players play for them. And there's a far better understanding of the numbers at Coors Field. Nobody is going to debate that playing at altitude and playing specifically at Coors Field is not a boon typically to one's batting average and slugging percentage. Great offensive ballpark. We know that. But what finally is being understood and discussed among the baseball elite, if you will, and the baseball writers associations. Hey, first of all, let's dig a little deeper on these guys named Walker and Helton and down the road, other potential candidates who called Colorado home. And let's also understand how difficult it is to go on the road and not just look at the splits and say, look at this. This guy only hit 250 on the road and he hit 350 at home. It's a joke. He's not really that good. There's plenty of evidence now and greater understanding of how difficult it is to go out on the road, what it does to the body, ball movement with the pitches, stuff that, that you now have heard many times. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that to be true. So that's why Larry Walker's induction into the Hall of Fame, while it's wonderful for Larry and for his family and for his close friends and and, and I'm thrilled for him, and we'll get Larry on again. We had him on last year uh, after it was announced that he had become a Hall of Famer. Um, but it's as important for all of you out there that love baseball, love Major League Baseball, and have always defended the exploits of guys that, that played here. And we've seen what happens when really good players go elsewhere. Guess what? Matt Holliday was one hell of a player with St. Louis. Just ask Cardinal fans. Nolan Arenado, first year in St. Louis, he's having a terrific season. 
So we, we've learned that. But I think it validates it more on a national level when you have a guy like Larry Walker go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Rockies cap. Man, it was awesome. It, it, it gave me chills. And by the way, Walk's speech was, was so Larry also. I mean, self-deprecating. I love that he pulled out his, uh, his, his phone and, and was videotaping it before he got rolling with the speech. He's, he's a guy that he's serious but doesn't always take seriously. And here a little bit later on from Walt Weiss, who played with him, who knows Larry really well, it's part of why he was who he was on the field and why he was so successful in this game that just beats the shit out of you left and right. Even for the greatest of the great, it just tears you apart. And you, again, are familiar with, yeah, you fail 70% of the time in baseball. And if you last long enough, you go to the Hall of Fame because you hit 300. That's a whole lot of uh, failure that one has to deal with. There are so many reasons, and I'm not going to go over them from a statistical standpoint, that this was a no-brainer. But I look at, at his OPS on the road of 865. There are only 10 other Hall of Famers since 1945 that have a higher road OPS. So they always beat Larry Walker up for having, you know, the great numbers at Coors Field. He had a higher road OPS than Ken Griffey Jr., who was a, as I like to say, a slam the gavel down first ballot uh, Hall of Famer. His OPS plus of outfielders since 1970 of 141, which takes into account, I think OPS the most important stat, on-base plus slugging, uh, to gauge what you have offensively with a player, but plus it adds the ballpark factors. Well, his 141 since 1970 of outfielders is third behind Barry Bonds and Manny Ramirez. That's it. He's ahead of Ken Griffey Jr. He's ahead of Tony Gwynn. He's ahead of Vladimir Guerrero. He's ahead of Reggie Jackson. Today was special. Today was meaningful again, not just for Larry, but for everybody that calls himself uh, a Rockies fan. A little more of an education now for people around the uh, country. And I also think it will, without question, help the candidacy of Todd Helton, who's around 45% after his third year. So he's ahead of where Walker was. Remember, Walker didn't get into his 10th and final year uh, on the ballot. Todd Helton's going to get in now. So once again, in summation, it starts to dismiss the tired narrative that lacked education, it lacked research, it lacked hustle on the part of so many people in the past. But that's what Larry Walker's induction into Cooperstown means uh, for everyone uh, that follows uh, Rockies baseball out here. Walt Weiss is a guy that I have the utmost respect for. Uh, I consider him a, a friend. He's been on the show now several times. He's, uh, he's sharp. Uh, he's got great opinions and well-thought-out opinions. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation, not only on Walker, but on the Braves, on the state of baseball, and on the Rockies as well. We're going to talk football on the other side, but right now, our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week, the former Rocky manager, former Rocky player, and current bench coach for the Atlanta Braves, Walt Weiss. The question I get more than anything this year, especially the last couple of months, is, hey, 
how the Rockies so good at home and so bad on the road. And, uh, you know, the, the Braves have felt that, obviously. You're in here trying to win baseball games. But um, you would probably understand it better than anybody else who visits here. Yeah, you know, looking at it from the outside, Goody, it's a little more extreme this year than it has been. It's always been that way and probably always will be to an extent. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just more extreme this year. And I, it's hard to put your finger on it. Um, but I do know, and, and I'm spending 15 years here in, in one capacity or another, I do know that when, you know, it, we're, this club's at home, it's meaning the Rockies, um, it's a different feeling. You know, you, the, 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 the confidence is sky high. It's, it's just a different atmosphere, a different uh, feeling uh, throughout the club when, we, when, when you get back home. And I think, um, you know, they've used it to, to their advantage, especially this year. Also, pitching-wise, and you saw this well, obviously, for, for whatever reason, this is crazy. I mean, you know the numbers better than anybody because you have to. Uh, they pitch exceptionally yeah. well at home, and they've actually struggled out on the road, yeah. which no one would think. Well, and, and, and again, that, that's probably a big part of the, the, the extremes this year. The fact that they're, they're, their pitching staff is comfortable, has gotten comfortable pitching here is a huge advantage because you know that, and I used to play this up all the time when I managed the Rockies, you know the visiting staffs that are coming in here are, are very uncomfortable. So right away, that's, that's a competitive advantage if, if, you, if you have a Rockies staff that is comfortable pitching here and, and they've shown that they are. Right, right, right away, you, you've got a competitive advantage and a big one. So that's probably a big part of the, the, the extremes you're talking about. Um, but I, I, I tell you, this, and I tell people all the time, that the starting rotation the Rockies have had here for the last three, four years, probably the best in, in team history. Um, and even though, you know, they've, 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 they've scuffled maybe the last year or two, um, that can be a, a foundation, a, a, a foundational piece moving forward. I think it, it probably should be because, it, yeah, as you know, Goody, it's so hard to acquire pitching when you're here, when, you, you know, when, when, when you're working for the Rockies. So if you, if, if you can home grow it and develop it and, boom, they get to the big leagues are having success, that, that's, that's a foundational piece for the Rockies. When you're immersed in, in what you do day to day, and that's helping the Atlanta Braves win games and get to the postseason, et cetera, do you do you still can you keep an eye a little bit because you live here in the off yeah, season yeah. because you'll always be attached in, in 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 a large way to the organization here? Yeah, I, I know so many people here still, um, and, and and some of them have been here since its inception, you know, uh, and so of course, and and like you said, I, this is still home, so. There's, there's still an attachment here. Um, and you have friends and you, and, you, and, you, and you root for your friends. You pull for them. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I keep an eye on what's, what, what's going on here. And, um, you know, and I have a lot of, like I said, a lot of people here that I stay in touch with that, that keep me posted on some of the day-to-day here. Yeah, you bet. All right, Atlanta Braves. This is a team that, you know, year in and year out, uh, again, you've lived it, you lived it as a player. Year in and year out, the expectations are high, and typically the performance is really good. Little uneven first half. You guys made a lot of moves in July, and it seems like they're bearing fruit. Yeah. No, it's been a really difficult year. I, I got to tell you, Goody, early in the year, first month or two into the season, everyone's going, what's, what's wrong with the Braves? You know, we, we couldn't get to 500. But I was thinking, man, we're, we might be overachieving right now. For much, for much of the year, we 
three of our first four hitters in our lineup have been gone. I mean, you take three of the first four hitters out of any lineup and see what that happens. We were expecting Mike Soroka to be a big part of the rotation this year, you know, to, to jump in that rotation about mid-April. Well, he's not going to throw a pitch for us this year. Um, you know, Ian Anderson uh, uh, was out for two months. Uh, Max Freed, two stints on the, on, the, on the IL. So, like a lot of other teams, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, whining here, but... But every team has to deal with injuries. So, but it, it, for us, it was, it was it was to some of our impact players, and, and it happened, uh, you know, about the same time. So, Alex Anthopoulos did an amazing job at, at the trade deadline. Sneaky moves, bringing in a Jorge Soler who who was struggling this year, wasn't having a good year in Kansas City, but he's he's his old self here with us. He's really been impactful for us. Bringing at, getting Adam Duvall who we had a couple years ago, brought him back into the mix. He's one of the league leaders in RBIs. Eddie Rosario has done a nice job for us, Jock Peterson. Um, so, I mean, uh, uh, Richard Rodriguez has really fortified our, our, our pen, which, which struggled with leaking oil, especially early in the year, until guys uh, caught their stride. So about the same time, we got healthy, and we got these deadline acquisitions, and that's when, that's when we took off. And so we're a different team than we were the first few months of the season. Um, you know, we've hit a little, uh, we got a little hiccup here on this road trip. We got swept in L.A. and we've scuffled here. But um, we're, playing, we're playing much better baseball at this point. You know, it's amazing to me, and, and it's fun as a, you know, as a broadcaster and somebody, as you know, who loves the game, to look down and look at that Braves lineup. You lose one of the, the great young talents in the game, a guy who if they give MVP awards away at, at the halfway mark. Probably Ronald Acuna is the MVP in the National League. You lose him, and yet, you know, Freddie is an MVP candidate. A lot of people didn't know about Austin Riley. Didn't even mention Ozzie Albies. I mean, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, you know, Austin's been a big part of this, too. Uh, he's really taken that next step where, you know, his first year or two in the big leagues, he's a very streaky player. The highs were high, and the lows were really low. And, and, and he stayed in those valleys for, for lengthy periods of time. Now it's really evened out. And, and he's, this guy's become, you know, a legitimate big-time player um, in this league. And that's, that's really been huge for us, and, you know, to, to just plug him in behind Freddie. Because the first couple months we were searching for that guy to hit behind Freddie. Uh, Darno went down uh, toward ligament in his thumb, and he was the guy. But, but Riley stepped in and, and really, you know, uh, uh, you know, solidified that that cleanup spot. But you're right, Albie's is, is a is is a star in the making, if not already. Dansby Swanson has taken the next step. He's got 26 home runs. I mean, here's a guy that used to be considered, you know, nice defender, light bat guy, and all of a sudden he, he's he's a middle middle of the bat. Uh, type of talent um and 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 you know the moves in the outfield that alex made so yeah losing our best player to be honest with you we you know we were wondering ourselves what's gonna what you know what's gonna happen now because we had already had we were already missing a couple impactful players at the time when ronald went down so but again alex did a great job some of the younger guys have stepped up uh and and gone to the next level and and you know we, we started playing better you know, you, you played with and against some great talent, some great athletes. And 
I, I don't want to be the guy that always goes, oh yeah, now you know, either one. Where back back in the day it was yeah, much yeah. better, or now, man, these guys are freaks compared to what um, was 25, 30, 35 years ago. But when you look at your guy Acuna, when you look at a guy who's my size and, and Ozzy mm-hmm. Albi, strong as can be, Fernando Tatis, who I know you don't see as much, but a freaky uh, talent. Do you say, man? There's more athletes, yeah. maybe just pure athletes in yeah. the game than ever before? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Um, you know, the, the, the players, just generally speaking, are, are more gifted now, I think, than they were 25, 30 years ago. You know, you can have that debate whether there is polished, you know. Um, I think the, the game is really built around power now, power in the box, power on the mound. And so some of the finer points of the game are lost maybe. But you talk about just sheer talent and ability the players that are, that are in this league today are are, are, are really impressive will, will there be a move back Walt I mean obviously you know Jeff Houston well and I you know Huey was a, a glove first guy you got to the big leagues quickly because of your glove initially I mean if you punched out I mean it was like I don't want to say it was a walk of shame but yeah, you know yeah, what I mean you, yeah. didn't, you don't want to punch out you want to get the ball right. in play and I understand you know, if you hit 35 jacks a year, there's going to be some swing and miss sure. in there. But will we move back in, in, in a little bit to hey, yeah. you got to get the ball in play? I think we're 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 starting to see a little bit of that, Goody. Um, you know, some of the all or nothing that we've seen the last several years is is, is I don't think it is as embraced in in this game as it was four or five years ago. You know, at the end of the day, I think teams it's a copycat business and teams that win the world series other teams look at that and say that's the formula so you know if a team wins the world series that that, that, that puts the ball in play and you i think you you'll see other teams trying to copy that but i think generally speaking we i think it will start to trend back now how far the other way i don't know and, and it probably shouldn't trend all the way back the other way because it's entertaining to see guys hit balls in the seats um but that all or nothing approach that sh- I don't. That shouldn't be embraced in this game because that's not winning baseball. You know, you can win games that way. You can't win championships that way. I, I still think to win a championship, you you have to be a fairly complete team. You know, and if you have, if you have, uh, you just you just get exposed. Especially you know, you you turn on you you turn on the TV in October to watch you watch October baseball. There's horses on the mound and 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 it, and it's it's good baseball. You get exposed. Uh, when, when you have when you have those types of weaknesses, so I think it will trend the, the other way because at the end of the day, to win baseball games, you got to do a little bit of everything. You know, and I'll never forget something you told me, and I've I've mentioned this before, um, leaving out maybe the names of, of certain guys, but talking about fall base uh, October baseball. To your point, and you said, hey, you look every October. Who's who's on the hill? It's the Verlanders. Yeah. It's the you know the Garrett Coles. It's the Max Scherzers. Mm-hmm. It's the horses that that can post up in October and handle the pressure of October and have the stuff to handle the pressure of October. Exactly, and, and I you know this game revolves around pitching, um, and I mean when you when you get to the postseason, it's about run prevention at that time. You know if, if it's hard to string together two, three hits or big innings in the postseason. 
You know, you get, you know, you'll see a guy pop one and 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 and, and you know hit a two-run homer, three-run homer. That, that that's going to win a game. But it, at the end of the day, it's all about it's about those horses on the mound, man. You're right, good. You, you know, you turn on the TV in October, and those are the guys you see just putting up zeros on the scoreboard. At that point, it just takes a timely hit or maybe someone to pop one to 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 win a game in the postseason and eventually a championship. More with former Rocky and former Rocky manager and current Atlanta Brave bench coach Walt Weiss in a moment. But first, this from a longtime sponsor and a group I've been involved with for a number of years and proud to say I am. Ideal Home Loans, Brent Ivinson's team, they are marvelous at what they do, and that's saving you money. So if you're in the market for a new home, or if you're refinancing, or if you're looking to do a project around the house... You need to call 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. They're going to put you in the right product. They're going to see if you can save money with interest rates. And it can't hurt to pick up the phone and get that second opinion. I've done it a couple of times. I have sent a number of people to them. And they, they get the job done. And they make it easy. They're efficient. And it's one of the reasons they have a A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're a wonderfully respected group here in Denver and Colorado and also down in Arizona as well. So it's Ideal Home Loans, 20 years in business. It began here in Colorado. Give them a call, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. I want to tell you once again about an outstanding family law firm that I could not recommend any higher. And we know that unfortunately divorces happen and people grow apart. It's a reality. It's a difficult time in life and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding. You need compassion coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. And you'll find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker, and Page. That's Cox, Baker, and Page. They've been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report and Laura Page. And Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. So if you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's coxbakerandpage.com, a family law firm. Now more with Walt Weiss. One of the things I also love about Atlanta from afar, you got some interesting personalities. Yeah. When you first got to be around Ozzie Albies on a daily basis, I've talked to you a little bit about him before. What, what were the first couple of things that struck you? You know, Ozzie's a stud, man. He, he, Ozzie's, you've heard me say this about certain guys, Ozzie's made of all the right stuff. He, I think he's going to be one of the guys carrying a torch here in Atlanta for a long time because he's, he's so well-respected. He's Everybody loves him. He's very well liked. He plays. He was our hard and hustle guy uh, for good reason. I mean, he plays the game like that every day. He's. I've been really, really impressed with this guy. Did you guys wear? Because I talked to Wash about this, Ron Washington. You guys wore him out a little bit because you had to carry him off the field a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. Then he comes back <laughs> yeah. like Superman, starts oh, hitting bombs. Yeah. yeah. I don't think. I don't think you'll see that happen again after the abuse he took. Um, yeah, he got carried off the field in L.A. And we're like, oh man, his season might be over. You know. No, he didn't line up two days later. So, so yeah, we 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 gave it to him pretty good. But uh, he he he's as tough as nails, man. But uh, we're not going to let him live that one down. How about how about you know four forty straight away, Walt? At yeah. five 
five six. I mean, he's put together now, but still, I mean, that's special. No, it's crazy, man. And and I was left-handed, you know. And he'll even tell you he's a different hitter, right-handed, and left-handed. Right-handed, he's a monster. He's he. I mean, it's crazy good where he hits balls right-handed. Um, even in BP, why he he's he hits him as far as all the big boys. Um, now left-handed, it's, it's it's always been a little bit behind his right-handed swing, but it's getting better and better and better. Uh, and you you've seen him here. He's hit a couple homers uh, uh, this series, big ones too, long ones, and he's got that in him from both sides. Um, just just a really gifted player. The other guy that that baseball I think embraces, in addition to Albies, and when we talk about Tatis and 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 giving young people. You know, faces to the game, guys that they can really get behind and, and, and feel like, hey, man, that's that's a cool guy, a fun guy, athletic guy. Freddie Freeman embraces all the right things, and uh, I always see this guy. He plays with joy. Yeah, Freddie loves to play. Um, it's funny because all the, I think the opponents, they want to get to first base just so they could talk to Freddie because he he's friends with everybody in the league. Um, I'm sure they have great conversation over there at first base. But uh, he's a joy to be around. Hoping we can keep him here, you know. And at the end of the day, I think I think he'll 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 remain an Atlanta Brave, and he should, you know. He's uh, he's almost like Chipper Jones Part Two, you know. And that's that's lofty praise right there. I know, but I think I think Freddie's on that Hall of Fame trajectory. Um, but a great person, been a great leader here. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, a great face for the franchise. I don't know if I ever asked you this in all our conversations. When you think back your playing days and and um, and obviously you had a hell of a career. Did did you think you'd be a baseball lifer? Because you you kind of are now. I know, I know. You know, probably not, Goody. To be honest with you, um, I mean, you were here when I was, I stepped away for like four years and I was doing the special assistant thing uh, when Clint brought me back into the fold. Um, and you know, when I stepped away, I, I thought they, oh, that's probably it, you know. Um, then end up coming back to manage, you know, out of, out of nowhere. And, and uh, now you're right. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably in it for life at this point. But uh, I'm enjoying it, you know. Uh, I really am. Uh, it's been great in Atlanta. It's been a really nice fit for me. Uh, being a bench coach has has I really like that spot right now, you know, and. Uh, you learn something all the time in this. You're always learning something in this game, and the game is evolving. And you got to evolve with it. I, I work with a great manager and Brian Snitker and a great staff. Uh, I'm really enjoying where I'm at right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul, man. The, the only thing I think that would have pried you away, and this is going to be a weird one <laughs> for people, is you're a chess player. And you're not a checkers player, and what I mean by that is you. I think would love to be an offensive coordinator and draw an X and O yeah. in football, right? Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, obviously I took that, that job as a manager here with the Rockies without any managing experience. I had, I had, I'd, I'd lengthy baseball experience, you know, uh, but I'd never managed before. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, my time as a football coach, I think probably prepared me for, for managing more than some of my baseball experiences just because you know as an offensive coordinator you love coaching football too goody as an offensive coordinator you're always thinking of the next play and and in football you talk about the game speeding up on you i mean you're down in distance you always got to be aware of it and you always got to be ahead of it I, I think that it helped 
you know, in the dugout, as crazy as that sounds, just to stay ahead of the game in, 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 in some fashion. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I, I, I used to love coaching football. I got to coach some high school football around here for a few years before I jumped in uh, back in, at this level. But, uh, yeah, I miss it. You got your old call, call sheet somewhere? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're on napkins all over the house. They're probably in boxes right now, though. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Hey, before I let you get on out of here, it would be remiss if, if we didn't talk about, uh, uh, you know, one of your favorite teammates and probably with clearly one of your best teammates yeah. in, in Larry Walker. He's going into the Hall of yeah. Fame. For, before I ask you specifically about Walk, this is good for the Colorado Rockies yeah. organization. It's great for the organization, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. And I think um, – as you know, good, and we've talked about this, you and I, over the years, just the stigma on, on offensive players here in Colorado. It just goes way beyond the pale. You know, it, 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 it's look, we, we all know that this is a great offensive part, but to penalize guys like, like they have been uh, over the years, I just don't think it's right. And I, you know, I, if you saw me, I was on my soapbox, man, for Walk uh, and his Hall of Fame campaign. Um, and I went on a few of the national shows, and I was very prepared when I went on there because I wanted to make a case for him because I felt so strongly about him being a Hall of Famer and, and, and his career. I tell people all the time, I, 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 I've been fortunate enough to play with several Hall of Famers. I think Walk's the best player I ever played with. Um, you know, and I played Conseco in his heyday, Ricky Henderson, Chipper Jones, you know, the, the, the pitchers down there in Atlanta, Mattis Glavin Smoltz. I mean... Some great, great players, but um, I think Walk. You know, when all things considered, I, I think he's the he's the best player I played with. Both sides of the ball, baseball IQ, running the bases. Um, I would say he it, he was like Maddox in that he 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 saw the game at a different level. Maddox saw saw the game, especially from from the mound, at a different level than anybody else I've been around. And, and Walk was like that as a position player which is crazy because he didn't play a lot of baseball growing up but he just he just saw the game and 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 could think the game at a deeper level than everybody else it's interesting to hear you say that because and i've talked to him about this i mean he had to pay attention to the minor leagues for the exact reason you talk about he grew up in you know in, in western canada and and really didn't know much about the game of baseball it's a famous story now how you know yeah. he ran across the field <laughs> to get back to first instead yeah. of retouching second um, but walk would never let people on the outside kind of know that he's unassuming everything yeah. was a, you know not everything was a joke but you know self-deprecating yeah. etc Exactly. You know, I think if someone asked me, what if, you know, what if Walk would have been like more intense and and, you know, how great could he have been? And I I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what made him great is that carefree attitude that he brought to the park every day and how he played things down, um, you know, and maybe never got wound up too tight because this game will do it to you, man. This game, this game will drive you nuts. But. I, at the end of the day, I think that was probably a, a strength for Walk. You know, his personality and his makeup, and it maybe rubs some people the wrong way, especially on a national level where people say, "Well, you know, he 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 did he wasn't on the field enough. He didn't care about baseball enough." I played with him to know he cared, and every time he was on the field, he was redlining. You know, whether it was in diving around the outfield, running the bases, carving up the bases, um, he was as competitive as as anybody. And I think that's probably why he, he, he ended up missing a lot of time over the course of his career. But he certainly cared. 
It's going to be a proud moment for you too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. You know, we, we knew each other even before we played together because we had, we had the same agent. We came up to the minor leagues playing against each other. Uh, so we always had a connection. But then when we, when we were teammates here, we used to drive to the park together. I spent a lot of time with Walt. Um, I, I was really excited when, when, when that Hall of Fame vote came out. Well, the fact that you spent a lot of time with them also explains some things also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Walter, it's great to see you, man. Good luck the rest of the way, obviously, with the Braves. All right, Goody. Appreciate it. Walt's a special guy. And, you know, I was kidding him about being a baseball lifer. I hope he gets another opportunity uh, to manage again in, in Major League Baseball. And you know what? It could come in Atlanta. I mean, Brian Snitker is great. He's very close with Brian Snitker. That organization is one that values their own also. I know the Rockies take a, you know, a ton of heat and they take a ton of heat for being you know, somewhat insular and, and keeping things in the family historically. Um, but the Braves are, are that way as well. And if Brian Snitker you know, decides to take a step back, I mean, he's a, a lifelong Brave coach, and didn't get the managerial job till he was 60, I could very, um, I, I think it would be almost a no-brainer from their standpoint to, to tap Walt on the shoulder, who's a former Brave player also, and uh, ask him to continue on. But uh, I do hope he gets another opportunity to be a manager. He's loved by players, and um, he's deserving of that. All right, on to football. A couple things here. I want to talk college football and specifically uh, about Colorado State here. Congrats to CU um, getting an opening win. And, you know, as we tape this, they're getting ready for Texas A&M, which will be a, a much more difficult task. I'm glad it's happening in Denver. I love big shows. I love the fact that, you know, they're going to play uh, in Denver in, in an NFL stadium. That's awesome. Colorado State has really missed the boat. Uh, I, I'm a guy that you know, roots for all the, the programs in state, you know, Air Force, always, you know, rooted for Air Force, um, rooted for Colorado. One of my boys just graduated from there in the last uh, year or so. Colorado State will always hold a special place in my heart because when I moved down from Aspen, my second job in television was down here and it was with uh, Prime Sports, which was the, you know, early days of regional sports television. And one of the packages we got was Colorado State football and basketball. And so one of the first gigs I ever had from a play-by-play standpoint was doing Colorado State football and Colorado State basketball. And we did about half their football games. And, and I'm trying to remember back, I don't know, a dozen, 15 of their basketball games. And so I've always pulled really hard uh, for Colorado State. And, and the, lean, the, the years initially were lean. Leon Fuller was the head football coach up there. And then, as you know, went to Earl Bruce and Earl got it turned around and then handed it off to, to Sonny Lubick. And, and that was their absolute heyday. I mean, they were a nationally ranked team on a number of occasions uh, under Sonny. They had probably the greatest win they've ever had in school history. They'd be preseason number one, Arizona, uh, down in Tucson when Teddy Bruschi was leading that uh, Arizona defense. And then they built Canvas Stadium, which I'm thrilled they did. I know for some it was controversial, uh, you know, spending the money on, on, a, on a stadium uh, on campus. They needed to do that. Hughes Stadium was, was antiquated. It was off campus. <laughs> I mean, it, it was sitting there in a dirt parking lot. It was time to build something on campus. And they did a magnificent job. 
I don't know if you've been up there. Uh, the, the stadium's great. It's in the heart of campus. The facilities, which are so important, it's always, it's always about recruiting. And their facilities for the players are Power 5 facilities. And, you know, right adjacent to the stadium, they have their practice fields. It's great. And they had a guy who was a, a real good recruiter and energetic in, in Mike Bobo. Somehow, they have missed the boat. Last week, losing to South Dakota State. And I know South Dakota State's really good. And they, they play in the FCS, and they were in the national championship game. I know all that. And I watched them play. And I know football a little bit. And they have good talent. They really do. They beat a lot of uh, FBS teams, not just Colorado State. But you can't lose the way they did at home, opening up your season at Canvas Stadium. And it just, to me, is a culmination of things that have gone painfully wrong for those that follow the Rams over the last several years. And I think it harkens back, if I could pick one game, they were recruiting well. They were getting, I know a lot of people out of the Southeast. Last time I checked, though, there was a lot of good football players in the Southeast. And they were, along with Boise State, they were the top two schools for a few years there in recruiting in the Mountain West. I remember talking to Bob Davey, head coach in New Mexico, because I was doing a lot of Mountain West football then. And he said, hey, Colorado State, he goes, they have a different roster. They have a different talent level than virtually everybody else outside of Boise State. And he said, and they have Power 5 facilities. I mean, he, he didn't have to do this. He was just going on and on about how good Colorado State was. And yet they couldn't win at the level that they needed to to take that next step. And I started to say, I trace it to, to one loss, if you can. And there were several in there, a number that were huge disappointments because they kept losing rivalry games. Couldn't beat Air Force, couldn't beat Wyoming. But do you remember that game that they were up four touchdowns twice on Boise State? They'd never beaten Boise. They still haven't, by the way. They were up 28-0 and 42-14 on national television against Boise State. This was going to be, I don't want to call it necessarily the changing of the guard. That would be unfair to how great Boise State has been and, and the leader of the group of five or one of the schools leading in the group of five. Uh, but they were kicking their ass. And they couldn't finish the game and they ultimately lose the game. They never recovered from that. The other game that stands out to me is they had Wyoming beat. Rivalry game. Wyoming had Josh Allen at quarterback. It was a messy uh, Saturday night at rain and snow. And I believe there was a late hit against Josh Allen. And it kind of ignited. The Rams let. And it kind of ignited Josh Allen. And he, he basically single-handedly you know, drove Wyoming uh, with him running the ball most of the time. Uh, and, and scored a touchdown. And the Rams couldn't counter and they ended up losing that game so every big game they were in most notably for me those two they couldn't finish and you know how important it is if they had beaten Boise they're already recruiting at a fairly high level um, where they are in the Mountain West and in the group of five if you will you know they're getting they're beating on occasion power five schools for kids now you beat Boise State on national TV and instead of, you know, being four or five wins and now all of a sudden you're seven and eight and you're going to, you know, some bowl games. Now two or three or four or five kids that saw that maybe stick with 
Colorado State or decide to go to Colorado State as opposed to elsewhere. They missed the boat on the on the on the grand new stadium. And now with the blow up of the Big Twelve, Big Twelve's hunting for teams. You haven't seen Colorado State mentioned. They did everything trying to get into the Power Five. And now they're like a fledgling group of five team. And I don't want to beat up Steve Adazio too badly because it's unfair. It's not it, that's not necessarily my style. Um, but I will say this. They brought in Urban Meyer, who had coached at Colorado State as an assistant under Earl Bruce. It's where he got, you know, one of basically his start. And they let him run the whole thing. And and all of his candidates, his finalists, were guys off the Urban Meyer tree, coaching tree. And they decide on Steve Adazio because they needed to get tougher. There was this thought that they were too pretty under Mike Bobo, too many you know, skill athletes, and they weren't tough enough in the trenches. They weren't tough defensively. I get that, and I would agree with that assessment. Steve Adazio had just finished uh, at Boston College. He was a 500 coach there. Um, he's more of a Northeast guy. And it did not move the meter out here, the sex appeal meter, when they had the press conference and announced that Steve Adazio is the new head coach in Fort Collins. You can't lose that press conference. There has to be excitement among your alumni and your boosters when you make a new coaching hire, particularly because the stadium, the paint on it was still fresh, still fresh in the weight room and the, and the fancy coaches' offices. You needed something that was going to energize after you decided to move on from Mike Bobo. Well, they didn't win the press conference, and so far, they're one in four since Steve Adazio took over. And last year was last year, I get it, COVID, they only played four football games. But they've now started the year off in front of a good crowd. They worked hard, and they got 32-plus thousand uh, at the stadium in, uh, in Fort Collins, and they lose that football game, to that, and they really weren't in it, to South Dakota State. So... Uh, tremendously disappointing, and we'll see where they go from there. One more uh, football note, and it's not a small one, because the NFL, as of this taping, will begin uh, over the next couple of days, and the Broncos need to have a much better September than they've had uh, so far under Vic Fangio. That we understand. Uh, that all Broncos fans know. They're going to go to the Meadowlands and take on uh, the team of my youth, the team that I still root heavily for, and that's the New York Giants. That has to be a win for the Broncos, and I think should be a win for the Broncos because, number one, I think the Broncos, at the end of this season, are going to have one of the better defenses in the NFL. I think their secondary is going to be outstanding. Uh, they should be able to pressure the passer. Knock on wood, you keep Miller and Chubb healthy. I think their defense is going to be very good. I think their offense will continue to be a work in progress. We'll see what happens at the quarterback spot. I, I think Teddy Bridgewater you know, has a lot of ability, but he's more of a game manager. You've heard me say that on previous podcasts. The, the Giants, you talk about falling on hard times in, in front office. I like Joe Judge as a quarterback, or excuse me, as a, as a head coach. But they've not done a good job in terms of roster construction their offensive line continues to be 
you know, based on the preseason, based on the last couple of years, not very good. So I, I think I still don't know what they have in Daniel Jones. I don't think they know what they have in Daniel Jones because he's always running for his life or he's on his backside. Good athlete, probably best when he's run read option so far. Uh, I don't think the Giants are going to score many points against the Bronco defense. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. I think the Giant defense is better, not great, uh, but I see the uh, the Broncos winning. You know, a game that's in the teens, seventeen ten. 17-13, something of that variety. We'll talk more about that uh, certainly next week. Big thanks to Walt Weiss. Congrats again to Larry Walker, the first Colorado Rocky in Cooperstown. Awesome stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, as always, for your time. Tell your friends. Make sure you join the DNVR boys. That's Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman each and every day for the DNVR Rockies podcast. Talk to you in a week, everyone. Take care.